Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast, brought to you by Thompson Multifamily Group. Your hosts, Abigail and Sean, will discuss how you can take your American dream to the next level through real estate investing, business practices, and personal development. Join us as we share our experiences as a father-daughter duo who are trying to accomplish their goal of financial freedom. We hope you learn more about how to define and achieve your American dream. Here's another episode of Next Level American Dream. We have a really interesting episode for you today, but first, please make sure you are subscribed and give us some feedback through your likes, comments, ratings, and reviews on your favorite platform. Today's episode, Sean interviews Yona Wise. Yona is extremely knowledgeable in property owners, tax savings, and a national cost segregation leader. He educates his clients on how to save millions of dollars on taxes, and today he shares his expertise with us. If you learned something from our episode today, please recommend the show to a friend and help us grow. For more information on our sponsor, visit thompsonmultifamilygroup.com to start taking your American dream to the next level through passive investing. Hi, Yona. How are you doing? Welcome to the Next Level American Dream podcast. How are you, Sean? Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, you have a specialization that, that I know we're going to enjoy talking about. Tell our listeners a little bit about kind of your background and, and what you have going on today. Sure. Well, I came from a background in education, actually, teaching. I did for after college for about 15 years. That's really my passion. And about five years ago, I got involved in real estate and wanted to just take action, start doing different things, learn about the industry. And I got involved in many different, many different areas, which eventually, after a couple of years, led me to this company I currently work for for the past few years, which is cost segregation. The company is called Madison Specs. And I found that it, it really integrated a lot of things about me that made a lot of sense. So I just stuck with it and have been enjoying it since. So those, those things are, you know, it's, it's being very deeply involved in the real estate world, the commercial real estate industry. And it involves what I do in terms of my role is a lot of teaching because I'm educating people about this subject that a lot of people really don't know about and they don't understand. And so I'm kind of using those skills that I've had. And on top of that, it's about really what we're doing is helping people save taxes. So, and, and I like to say that, like we're helping people save taxes. So really in the end of the day, my job is just helping people. <laughs> and, and so for me, it's a really cool way to be involved in the real estate industry. And I'm an investor myself as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but to be able to be deeply involved in the industry and connected with so many wonderful people, but at the same time, really helping everyone in, in, in that special way. Yes. Yeah, so you're not only sort of pursuing your own goals of investing, but you're also working with the company that, that allows you to sort of be involved in, in taking other people's businesses to the next level as well too, I would think. So let's talk about, let's talk about cost segregation. It is one of those things that unless you're kind of in the business and doing it, you don't really know what it is. And this is the, this is the, really the kind of the critical piece that everybody hears, you know, all these wealthy people talk about, I don't pay taxes. Well, this is one of the reasons that they cannot pay taxes. Right. So talk about what is kind of cost segregation, how, you know, where it kind of comes from and what it, what it, what it does. Absolutely. This is, and like you said, it's probably one of the biggest tools that is helping people to, to save money on their taxes. So it's really an advanced form of depreciation. 
that's what cost segregation is. It, right. it, when you buy a property, whatever type of property it is, besides for your personal residence, you're allowed to take a tax deduction, income tax write-off called depreciation deduction. And don't get confused by the name because depreciation sounds like a negative thing, right? Things are going down in value. But your property is probably actually going up in value as time goes on. And what cost segregation or what depreciation, I, I should say, is, is that it's taking the value of the building the day that you bought it and then allowing you to take an income tax write-off of that entire value over a long period of time. Okay, that's what depreciation is. And it's based on the concept that things are going down. So you like, you can actually take a little bit of deduction every year as if it were actually going down in value. And the IRS is saying you can take that value that's you know going down and take that as a deduction. Okay. Well, there's two different so there's two different values, right? So there's the, an asset value and then there's a right. market value, right? So right. the depreciation is related to what the asset value is. Your your asset is is depreciating because you know you think it's it's gonna you know need repairs and need work as time goes on, right? Isn't that kind of the right. concept? It is. It is yeah. based on that concept that things, yeah, things are yeah. definitely going to need repairs. And it's really part and parcel to, to what, how cost segregation plays into that, ties right. into that, because it's segregating that cost. Okay. It's breaking down the building into many different categories that depreciate on different levels, on, on different schedules. So instead of a 27 and a half year schedule, which is the normal time frame that you are taking that tax deduction on, Right. Okay, right. You take your purchase price, subtract a little bit for land. Land does not depreciate, but the remaining amount, you can now take, spread that over 27 and a half years. That's, that's what depreciation is. Conservation says, wait a second, there are things in your property that actually depreciate much faster. Right. There's stuff like personal property, which can include anything inside your building. That's not, that's not part of the structure. So stuff like furniture or appliances, you know, multifamily property, you're talking about carpeting, cabinets, countertops, fixtures, you know, window treatments, all this type of, type of stuff and a lot more that actually depreciates on a five-year schedule, which means you can take the value of that, segregate the cost, right? We're, we're separating the, the value into these individual components and then taking that tax breaking off over a five-year period. So essentially what we're doing is front-loading those tax deductions and that's, in, you know, increasing your, your tax deduction. So you're in that basically makes, like you said, a way that you can pay no taxes. Right. And so let's talk about, so that's what cost segregation is. I guess it's just a, it's an accelerator, not an accelerated, but it's um, a compartmentalized depreciation of an asset. Um, yes. Whereas it used to be 27.5 years that you would take the entire asset. Now they've compartmentalized it into the different components of that asset and you can depreciate it at an accelerated schedule. Right. What costs, what cost segregation does is it explain kind of the operation of a cost segregation. So you come in and you, you do an analysis of, of the property and what, what kind of happens in that process. So the first thing that we always do is run a free analysis. Okay. And that tells you upfront what your tax benefits going to be if you do a full cost segregation study. But essentially what we do in the process of it is it involves engineers. And so the engineers are, are trained not only in construction building engineering, but also in the tax code to understand the, you know, the cost recovery system that all the different components fit into. And so what they do is they price out everything in the entire property, understand what the value is, and then create a very detailed report that, may, you know, that splits everything up into these different categories 
different values and then creates a new depreciation schedule. And that new depreciation schedule, that's basically what you apply to your taxes. It says, how many tax deductions do I get to take this year and next year and, and the ensuing years? So essentially, it's a pretty straightforward method where, like I said, it involves engineers and accounting methods to break down the property into individual components. And it actually, funny enough, it used to be called, before they gave this weird name of cost segregation to it, it used to be called component depreciation which makes a lot more sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, because that's essentially what we're doing. Yeah, you're breaking it down into the components, right? Yeah. And depreciating each one separately on a different schedule. Right. So kind of what is, what is, the, what, what is the purpose, I guess, in doing this? Is it, is it, how does it benefit somebody, I guess, to go through this process? Well, with regular depreciation deductions, usually you know, that helps to reduce your taxable liability but it doesn't wipe it out entirely. And so one of the goals in real estate investing is for a lot of people, at least, is to be able to, to scale, right? I mean, you're talking about the next level, right? How, how do you take something to the next level? So right. one of the ways to take things to the next level is, well, the more cash flow you have, right? The more money you actually have to invest, the more buying power you have, the more you can, wealth you can create. Okay, so it's a very simple formula. So if taxes or income tax is one of the greatest expenses that I have, if I have a way, a legal way to actually reduce or eliminate that entire taxable liability, then I can keep all the cash flow that's coming in from my properties, all the cash flow that I'm making and reinvest that. So it's a great way to, you know, have cash flow and to reinvest that and to scale your business. And are you seeing, what is, I guess, what is kind of the improvement that you're seeing from people that are using the traditional method or the old method that now go to the cost seg, do a cost seg study and, and accelerate everything? Are, they, are you seeing a, tr- a dramatic amount of savings in their taxes or is it, how is it, how is it kind of panning out for everybody? It, it is dramatic. It's, mo- it's more dramatic for people who are considered real estate professionals. So that's someone who is involved in the real estate trader business, whether that's construction or, or brokering, acquiring properties, managing, operating, anything like that, your own rentals. Because once you have that real estate professional status, and this is actually an IRS term, terminology, you can use the passive deductions from, from depreciation, conservation to offset your ordinary income or from any other source. So what we're seeing is people are using conservation on their properties to totally wipe out, wipe out eliminate any tax liability you have which if you think about it, if you buy a million dollar property, okay, your regular depreciation is probably gonna be somewhere around $30,000 a year, which means if you're making 50 to $100,000 of income, right, net operating income from your property, right, you're gonna be, you know, subtracting 30,000 as a deduction right off the top, right, because that's depreciation, but you're still gonna be taxed on the remaining amounts. With consideration, you can actually create, you know, 20 or 30% of the, property value in that first year over the first five years, which means you can literally wipe out your taxable liability. So that $100,000 you're making from your property is going to be totally tax-free, okay, in those early years. And so what that means is you're basically able to reinvest that. Now think about the compound interest. When you think about how I can use my money to reinvest, how much money is, am I going to be making if I have $50,000 to invest versus if I have $100,000 to invest? And so that's, a, that's essentially what we're doing. Yeah. And to, I guess to rewind that a little bit and, and 
put the, the real estate professional yeah. component on there. If you're only making 50,000 on that property, but you make 50,000 in another way as a real estate professional, you can take the additional segregation benefit depreciation on your other income as well. Right. That's right. That's right. So yeah. So in that example where you had, let's say 50,000, uh, $50,000 of income, right. But you have a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. from your properties, you have a hundred thousand dollars of tax deductions, right? That 50,000 first gets wiped off from your properties because that's where depreciation goes first to offset your rental property income. Right. Then the remaining 50,000, if you're a real estate professional can be rolled over and can be used to offset any other, any other income you have, like you said. Yeah. It can either be, it can either be used to depreciate existing income for that tax season uh, that you've made in other areas, let's say as a public speaker or, you know, other things, or you can carry it forward to next year too, right? That's right. Yeah. So if you have any remaining deductions that you're not using this year, you don't lose them. Right. So it's, it's not a bad thing to create more deductions than you have income. Right. Right. Because you get to use it rolls forward and carries forward to the future years. Yeah. So if you make even more money in other areas, the following year, you're, you're, you're covering that through your, your cost segregated depreciation deductions on your next year's taxes as well. So. Exactly. And is it, so that's, that's about the, so as a, as a real estate professional, if you're not a real estate professional as a, say a passive investor, but you're getting, you're getting depreciation from the, the, syndication that you're in or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you can still benefit from this cost segregated depreciation as well, right? Correct. Because what it's doing is it's offsetting your income from your rental property. So the, the income you're getting, the returns you're getting from the syndication. And if you have multiple properties or multiple investments, then those deductions can be used to offset all of them. So that's probably the first and foremost that think about this. You make money from your syndication investment and it's tax-free. Right. Right. So there are virtually, you know, no other real estate investment or excuse me, not real estate, but other investment vehicles, right? Think about investing in the stock market and getting your returns and getting a tax rate. It doesn't happen. No. So here's a, here's a great vehicle to do that. Yeah. You put a hundred thousand dollars into a syndication and you make, you know, whatever $10,000 or, you know, whatever it's going to be and you're getting cost segregated depreciation on top of that. So whatever, whatever your cost segregated portion is for your hundred thousand dollars, you can take that against the 10,000 you made or whatever, how much ever you made in that investment. Right. And that reduces your tax burden. So that, that increases your return on that investment, which is you just, like you said, you can't do that anywhere else really. Yeah. Your, your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, they just don't have that, 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 that benefit anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. So let's talk about when is the, when is the right time to do a cost segregation? I guess I, most of the time it's when you were acquiring a new property, but it's, if someone has a property they own or kind of what is it that is the timing of cost segregation studies? What's the best time for that? It really depends there. You can do it. And, and a lot of people try to get it done immediately, right? When they acquire a property, get it done as soon as possible so that you can take those benefits in the first year. And part of that is because of a, a new law that was put in place a couple of years ago called 100% bonus depreciation, which actually allows you in the first year of ownership, you can take the entire amount of accelerated depreciation in the first year. Okay. So instead of spreading it out over a five year period or 15 year period, there's, there's different asset classes that we're reallocating stuff to. You can actually take the entire amount in the first year. So that's why a lot of people like to get it done immediately, but you don't have to. 
you can, you know, you can do it when it's best for you, when it's more convenient for you. And if you didn't know about cost segregation, you can actually go back and without amending your tax returns can get retroactively by doing what's called a look back study. We, we actually go back and let's say own a building for five years and you're just taking a straight line, regular depreciation, a little bit every year. You can go back and, and catch up whatever accelerated depreciation you missed and take that this year. And that's done by filing a, a special form of a change of accounting method, but it does not require amending your tax returns. Right. So most of the time you want to try and do this on your acquisitions, but if you, if you acquired a property a few years ago and for whatever reason you didn't do a cost seg study, you can go back. Is there a limit to that timeline? There is not a limit per se, because you can go back as far as you want, but it's going to depend. And, you know, if you've already depreciated your property to a large extent, there's only going to be so much left right. that you can take and then accelerate that. So typically, and again, it, it does depend, but typically if you've owned a property for more than five, six, maybe max 10 years, it probably doesn't make sense. Yeah, it would probably be, you wouldn't, the, the, the delta between the savings wouldn't, wouldn't really be that cost benefit or that big benefit, right? Yeah. But again, it does depend on the, you know, the type of property and the size of the property, you know, if you have a hundred million dollar building and yeah, sure. You've depreciated half of it, but you still have 50 million left to depreciate. Even if you're going to take, you know, 10% of that $5 million deduction, it might be worth it. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's relative. <laughs> it's definitely relative. So what are some of the, I guess, so what are some of the challenges in, in doing this? Is there, is there something that people should be aware of that are, you know, sometimes you shouldn't do this or should do that, you know, just some of the challenges. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest challenges or one of the reasons why a lot of people sh should not or, or don't want to, to do conservation is because there's something called depreciation recapture tax, which is a tax that you have to pay when you sell a property. So if you are holding a property very short term, like let's say one year, two years, and you take this depreciation, you now on the sale of the property, you're taxed on the amount of depreciation that you took. And that's regardless if you do conservation or not, you now have to pay the tax. There are ways to get around that. So I should probably correct myself in saying you're not that you have to pay the tax, but you're subject to that tax. Okay, that's a more, more accurate. That depreciation recapture tax is simply put a 25% tax on the amount of depreciation that you took. So it should be, you know, probably worked into your business plan, figure out how it's going to affect you on the, on the sale. If you are investing in other properties and you have losses or conservation from other properties, you can use those losses to offset that tax. So there are, and 1031 exchanges is another way to get around that. You defer that tax as well. So there are ways to get around that, but definitely important things. You know, that's one thing why people would, not necessarily why people don't do it, but something definitely keep in mind a challenge when doing it. Another thing I would mention is that if you don't, if you're not making any money from your property, or let's say it's vacant, or let's say you're doing a redevelopment, something like that, you don't have any benefit from getting extra deductions that you can't use. So right. when I said before, when are people, when, when's the best time to do it? It does depend because if you are, you know, going to be able to benefit from it, so do it. But if you're not going to benefit from it, you're just going to create these extra losses and not use them, maybe use them in the future year. So why do the study now? You can do the study in, in the future time when it's going to be relevant, when it's going to be, you're going to be able to benefit from it. It's like if you're taking on a reposition. So if you're buying a reposition and you don't expect to make money for the first two years, it's probably a good idea to, to get the reposition done and get your lease up happening and everything sort of uh, stabilized before you do the cost seg and, and start down that road. Maybe. 
Yeah, that's a great example. And it, it always, again, it always depends because since you can use the deductions and the benefits from one property to offset income from other properties. So if you have multiple properties, it might make sense to do even on reposition if you can offset, you know, gains or, or income from another source. But in a, in a box, you know, kind of in a vacuum, when you're doing one property and it's a reposition, yeah, it probably makes sense to wait until you're, you're making money from it. Yeah, so if you have one property, maybe that's pushing off a lot of capital and profits and it's, it's kind of reaching the end of its cost seg benefits, maybe it'd be a good idea to take some of that. I see, I see what you mean. So sure. if you're acquiring yeah, I something mean, today. Exactly. I have plenty of people that, uh, you know, for example, they'll be, they have owned a number of buildings and they never did cost variation on it because they have so many losses from other sources, but they realize that, you know, those losses are going to be running out and they're going to have a huge uh, tax burden, you know, next year, for example. So they'll look into doing the, that look back study and getting the conservation done on properties they've owned already that they never did conservation on because they didn't need those extra deductions at that time. Now they have this tax burden. It's a great strategy to be able to, to offset that. Yeah, exactly. So that the new, the new cost seg can help with the income from everything. That's good. Well, let's talk about who I would go to or who I would use to kind of get this process started. I guess there's, there's certain things I want to look for in either a company or person to do this study for me, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, you're looking at him, first of all, no, <laughs> yeah. but what you want to look for is, is a firm. And, you know, you know, I'm blessed to be work for, uh, working for the largest national company, Madison Specs, that we, we do this nationwide. And, but there are a number of other companies out there. You want to look for someone that, that does this, has a lot of experience doing it. And they're focused on the tax and the audit side as well, not just, you know, just doing the deduction, creating those reports, but they have a lot of experience doing it. You want to make sure they have, it's a fully engineering component to it. Because like I mentioned, accountants can't do this. And this is something that a lot of people are surprised by when you start talking to them about taxes and they're like, well, it's tax related. You know, my accountant does that, right? Like I have, I have a CPA for a reason. No, since this is, has an engineering component to it, accountants don't do this. They can't, they need to, you need to have a third party firm. There are certain accounting firms out there and the biggest accounting firms in the country, they all have engineers in-house and they do this. So you go to, you know, KPMG or Ernest Young, you know, they're doing it in-house, but you know, the vast majority of us, 95% of people aren't using those large accounting firms. Your accountant is not going to do this. And frankly, a lot of them don't even know about it, which is, should be surprising, but to me, it's not surprising anymore that so few accountants even know about this, let alone are, are pushing it. So you want to make sure you find a firm that is, you know, recognized, that has that experience, that has the dual accounting and engineering component to it. And so if, if I did want to have this done, I would, what would be the, pro the process to get it started? Would I, I would contact the company, your company, and sometimes you, you may or may not want to do this, right? So you guys would, would start with, I guess, analyzing kind of what my my needs are at first and then decide right. how to move forward. Is that how that would work or how would that start? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For me, it always starts with a discussion. You know, what's your, what are your goals? What's your business plan? Are you a real estate professional? That's one of the first questions because if you are, it's going to benefit you much more so than if you're not. So either you or your spouse, only one has to be that to, to be gain that benefit. But then we run a free estimate. So with that free estimate, that analysis, that will tell you upfront on your property what you know what you can uh, expect by doing the full conservation study. Good, good, yeah. 
So what other things should we know about cost segregation? Did, did I miss any questions there? Or is there some other things that we should go over? Yeah, I think you covered a lot. I, what, what a lot of people miss as well is that, you know, who, who else shouldn't be doing this? Now, if you are taxable, if you have tax income, then you can benefit from this. So it's really almost for anyone. One, one group that will not get benefit from this is you're investing from a retirement account that is already a tax shelter. So for example, from your 401k, QRP, you know, anything like that, or Roth IRA, where you're self-directing that and you're investing that in real estate, it's already tax-free. It's not being taxed. So the depreciation is not going to benefit. It's not going to affect that. You don't get the depreciation for that. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If, you know, especially if you are a syndicator and you're taking a lot of funds from from uh, you know the self-directed accounts, it's something uh, to be aware of to make sure you know is it is this going to even be beneficial for your investors? Yeah, so if you if you do like you said, if you do have a lot of limited partnerships coming in that are investing out of their self-directed IRAs, and you're doing a big cost segregation study and, and expecting that to benefit them, it's just not going to be there for them, right? Right. So cost seg doesn't certain... it doesn't move forward in the IRA to when they start start to take the draws, right? It doesn't. There's no way to do that. No. Well, for, for certain IRAs, it, it does. But again, for a 401k or you know, anything like that, it, it doesn't. Which ones do benefit? So a regular self-directed IRA would, as long as there is leverage in the, in the property. So if they're getting equity in the deal, then they can benefit from that. So just a traditional IRA? Yeah. But like a solo 401k, no good. Does not. A, Roth, a self-directed Roth, no good. No good. Doesn't benefit. Okay. Okay, good. Well, yeah. thanks. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. So we, we, I ask everybody too in the, in the podcast, uh, you know, it's the, the podcast is called Next Level American Dream. And I ask everybody kind of what is your idea of the American dream? And then what are you kind of doing to take it to the next level? You know, it, it's funny. Everyone obviously has a different response to that, right? The American dream right. is... You know, I think I always go back when I think about that, the American dream, I always go back to, you know, our founding fathers, like what was their dream, right? What did they have in mind for this country and, and for the people? And I think it was that, you know, a free market, I think they had in mind the, obviously the Declaration of Independence, everything that's in there, right? Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. So for me, that's, that's really what it's all about is, is having the ability to, to live in a country where I can, you know, serve my creator, freely, openly, you know, I'm a religious person and, and that's really important to me and to be able to pursue happiness and to each one, what that means. Some people were chasing no money and think that will bring them happiness. For me, it's being able to raise my family and provide for them and the free market and the ability to do things like real estate investing is incredible. Yeah. And are there, are there some things that you kind of do in your, in your pursuit of that American dream that, that kind of help you take it to the next level, I guess? So I think helping people is my biggest thing. Like if I can help other people, and I think it was uh, Zig Ziglar, a famous quote from him that he said, it the, he said it the best, which was something along the lines of, and I may be you know, butchering his quote, but uh, something along the lines of, you can, you can get whatever you want as long as you help other people get what they need. And so when you're constantly helping other people, you will get whatever you need. It will come to you. But if your focus is on yourself, you're going to be missing out a lot of that. Um, you think about yourself all the time and you're, you're not really focusing on the greater good. And so that's, that's what I focus on a lot, just trying to help other people. For me, part of that is investing in real estate as well. 
um, you know, looking to do my first multifamily syndication currently. So that's, that's a big step in the right direction because that can all, not only help, you know, myself, my family, fellow partners, investors, but also the community where, you know, we're benefiting, creating and, you know, in the economy as a, as a whole. Yeah, that's great. That's a good philosophy. I, you're, you're, you're focused on sharing what you have with those that you can help or, or, or want to learn something or do something. And in, in return, that kind of comes back to you in, in a greater network and more appreciation with your network and things like that. So that's good. That's a good way to do it. Thank you. For sure. Well, Yona, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that. Cost segregation is, it's kind of this mysterious component of real estate investing. And it's the, it's the one thing that everybody's like, well, how does he not pay taxes? This, <laughs> this is the thing. And it's, it's kind of this mysterious component, but you know, it's really quite simple, but you know, it's, it's complex at the same time, I guess, but it's, it's not, not that big a uh, mystery really, if you, if you know about it. So right. uh, trying to simplify it for, uh, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's a really simple concept, but it has a lot of moving parts, but it, I think it, most people don't even know what it is. They're like, well, how do these guys get away with that? And this is, this is where it's, <laughs> this is where it comes from. And it's, it's completely a you know, normal thing in, in real estate for investing. And, and I appreciate you coming on and kind of demystifying some of the components for us. Uh, this, yeah. I think it'll be, it'll open a lot of people's uh, eyes to what's possible. So I appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level American Dream. If you would like to learn more about what we talked about today, want to contact the team directly, or are interested in passively investing and being a part of our deal room, head over to our website at www.thompsonmultifamilygroup.com. Before you go, please leave a review. Your comments help us create more episodes for you to enjoy.